ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, do we have to be offended with Dr. Barbara O'Neill? Good question. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. If you haven't been yet, get on your best behavior. And don't you dare offend me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben, and let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, Ben. And, Wonderful. And speaking yes. of, of mics, I see you've got a new one over there. I Yes, I am yeah. testing out a yet another mic. Yeah. Uh, I tend to do this periodically. That could be one of your nicknames, uh, Mike Tester, or... or um, Ben Mike Testing? Yeah, been mic testing. Yeah. Yeah. Lately? Yeah, no, but, but that's you. I mean, that, yeah, lately, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, ever so lately. Right. But no, that's your, uh, sort of your thing is checking, checking out mics. And, you, you know, I was thinking about it when I saw that, that you, um, yeah, you do that, I say fairly frequently. And, and it could be, you know, every two, three, four months. I, I've, had, I've had this one, but, you know, like, hey, where's the mic? Hey, you know, show me to the door, show me to the microphone. Okay, let's go. Yeah, and we, I, maybe that's because you're a little bit more technical or you have the ear to hear some of the imperfections that take place. And that's why you're here in the studio because well, thank you. I would just roll on and go, okay, okay, cut, uh, roll it out, record it, send it out. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's always nice to hear what a different mic is going to sound like. I mean, the one that we started with and I've used mm-hmm. periodically as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've you started with that one and you you just hung on to it. Uh, yeah, I think I had you try one or two different ones here or there, but that was about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I like to try a few different ones just mm-hmm. to see if it makes a difference in in the sound and stuff. And if not, well, go back to the tried and true and just. Stick with what we had, and so far it's it's passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it sounds all right this time. Absolutely, and welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers out there. It is absolutely awesome to be here once again to deliver and inject you with the undiluted truth. Absolutely. And of course, you just heard today's episode, and we have been rolling with uh, Doctor Barbara O'Neill, and she had. I will say it again, she's my hero, one of my favorites, because of the way that she delivers the information. I love gathering information. I love knowledge. Um, And, you know, it helps to love knowledge that you're seeking. Right. If I wasn't seeking this type of knowledge, I mean, the the spectrum of knowledge is just vast. Yeah. But looking at health within the body really interests me and and for the obvious reasons and the way that she presents it i 
Yeah. I, I really love the way that she she digs into it and presents it because, once again, it's just not a a gray area of this is good, this is not good for you. Take this, right. drink this, yeah. eat that, you know, four jumping jacks, two flips, uh, take a nap. I mean, you know, you yeah. know and yeah. I'm, I'm, that's really, but you know, yeah. I don't know anybody that would do that, but some might be pretty close to that. Right. I mean, you you mentioned gray area, and that's that's kind of what I was going to get at. She doesn't leave much to the imagination when she's done mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, every once in a while, there might be some other things you like, question, a few questions, but right. for the most part, she goes through it. You have an understanding of what's going on and and what to do about it. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I like it. And that you know, and, and that as they say, leaves no wiggle room. That's and, right. And you can really, and you know, there's one thing about the truth, uh, and whether it be the undiluted truth or the any kind of truth, which not just your version of it, but the truth hits you sort of straight between the li- uh, the eyes and. It shouldn't leave any wiggle room, right? Yeah, you know? uh, and, and that's. But you have the freedom, God-given freedom of choice, absolutely, to accept it or deny it or you know choose to follow it, yeah, or or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we talked about way back uh, many many episodes ago. Is that uh, when you were given. The truth, you know, it's the old trust and verify. I like to take the information. I like to investigate, if you will. Give me, give me some information. Give me some uh, studies. Give me some uh, research. And oh wow, this this is legit. This is it. Yeah. This is the deal. You know, and 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 that brings you to a point of uh, you know. Don't just believe it because of who is delivering it. But that eventually happens, and and not in a bad way. But, you know, even though Barbara O'Neill may say it, my first inclination will be it's probably true. Right. It's, pop, it's probably fact. It's probably beneficial, most likely. But then I will always go back and and, and sort of, Verify it, yeah. But your right. first inclination is with someone like that, and and it, we've done this before. And you go, you know, that's probably fact, but right. It's always yeah, good we, to go back and get why it is. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, uh, just to let our listeners know whether they're new, uh, we hope that there are some new listeners out there, and we are coming to you all across this fruited globe. Uh, roughly, I'm going to say 50 now, uh, countries that have downloaded us. And we are honored, absolutely honored to be here with you today. So for all of those looking to listen on a regular basis, uh, you can go to Red Circle. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Audible, Podbean, and more. So, and... Yep. And if you just simply Google the Undiluted Truth podcast, yep, you will find us in probably more than you even need. So once again, uh, we're ready to go. Thank you for being here with us. And Ben, you ready over there? Absolutely. Okay. 
We are getting into this portion of this talk where we are studying the mind and we're talking about, just based on the title of the episode, how do we deal with being offended? You know, people have been, you know, maybe brutally offended, but how do they share that with others and how do you help them? I think this is an excellent topic and I love the way that Barbara approaches it. So, all right. We ready? Yes, sir. Okie doke. Here we go. Wouldn't it be wonderful if none of us ever got offended? I'm married to a man that never gets offended. Never gets offended. I have learned so much from this man. He had to, he had to let a young man go once because this young man only turned up for work for two hours a day. Then the, then the next thing he's got his mother, this young man's mother who's Lebanese, in Michael's office totally abusing him. And he said to me later, I realised I just had to let her go. So I just sat there and let her go. And off she went. And after half an hour, he said, have you finished? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we can go. (laughs) Whoa, and she tearing strips off him. And he just sat there. Right, okay. Have you finished? (laughs) Wow, praise be to God. That, That is the... The spirit of our Saviour, isn't that right? He can even say, Father, forgive them as they're nailing his hands. Incredible. Incredible. And so, with, uh, where was I? We're looking at choice. Aha, the girl who had, she did not want me to put her arm around me. So I backed off. She wanted to see me a little bit later. She said, I heard your lecture on forgiveness. She said, I realised that I had to forgive my father. She said, he didn't want children. They were Catholics. They weren't allowed to go on the pill. So five came in five years. She said, he would beat me and then he would rape me. Mm. And I heard my mother run down the corridor and lock herself in the bedroom. So you know what she found she had to forgive? She had to forgive her father. Mm. And she had to forgive her mother for not protecting her. Wow. And she also had to forgive herself because she felt she'd done something wrong for that to happen to her. So we had a whole lot of forgivenesses that to happen there. And in our first consultation, When I said to her, I'm so sorry to hear that, but there is an answer. She said, don't talk to me about God. So, of course, I'm not. I'm not. After she heard the lecture on forgiveness, after she'd felt the tender touch of the massage therapist and how they prayed for her, Mm. after she'd seen the staff working in and around her, you've seen it this week in these staff, her heart was melted. It was melted. She'd had a very, very difficult association with a church group at one stage who did not want her in their church because of what had happened to her. Ooh, that hurt to hear that. Mm. (laughs) But she saw something different. Was it the shout of a king? Mm -hmm. Was it the shout of the king that she saw? You see, we are God's representatives and we are to represent him. (laughs) The only way we can do that is if we're totally empty of ourselves. So she came and she broke down 
And I'm said, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry what happened. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that God cries when we cry. And I showed her Luke 17, chapter 1, where the Bible says it's impossible, but these offences will happen. But woe to him by whom they come. Mm -hmm. It would be better than a millstone be hung around his neck, him thrown into the deeper sea, than him touch one of my little ones. I said, you are one of God's little ones. Uh, That's how God sees it. Amen. And the reason, the reason it happens is because God gave mankind choice. And mm -hmm. some will choose wrong. And one guy said, well, if I was the man up top, I'd mow them all down with a machine gun. And his wife said, huh, and what good would that do? Then the next lot would come along. It's a heart problem. And if God comes along with a machine gun, now he's taken away choice. Mm -hmm. You see, God's government is not a government of force. He does not force. That's against his character. <coughs> so when he gave mankind choice, what a gamble. But you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming again. And it tells us that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and sin will no more enter into there. And God gave us the prefrontal cortex for foresight that we can look ahead to that glorious day. Mm -hmm. Nauru, where you will see your brother and sister again. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful comfort that we can do? That this, this is not over. <laughs> it's not over yet. It's certainly not over yet. She cried. I went and put my arm around her and she melted mm -hmm. into my body. <laughs> I was hesitant too because of what happened last time. <laughs> and then she said, will you pray for me? Whoa. Wow. I love this work because we see hearts melt with the tender touch, helping the, the ailments, the physical ailments, mm -hmm. and the people little by little opening to the Saviour. It's a beautiful thing to see. I had to stop that. Okay. Yeah. I, I there's a couple of things that I I wanted to mention here, and and that was this woman, based on the patience of, of Barbara O'Neill and the intellect um, that's been given her. And I will remind those that you know the four sort of categories of the prefrontal frontal cortex is intellect, reason, judgment, and our will. Mm -hmm. Well, Barbara had enough of that reason, judgment, and will, and, and intellect to, when this woman went from, don't talk to me about God. Okay, I'm, I'm, no, we won't. But what they did was, you know, we're told that Jesus, when he went through healing in Jerusalem, that it was... Come, all ye who are heavy laden to me, and basically come how you are. And he met their needs. That was his. Right. That was his first objective. And then it was he, he would he would bid them follow me. Mm -hmm. Now that is exactly sort of what happened here when Barbara and them, you know, the staff were ministering to her. 
she went from don't talk to me about God, this patient did, to could you pray for me? Right. Yeah. By nothing other than a soft touch, a tender touch, a a caring voice, a caring spirit, if you will. I think that's powerful. Yeah. I, I think that's in, in in ladies and gentlemen, those are the things that we can do, not just in this case, but this is this is awesome to be able to do it under a clinical type of retreat to heal your body. And most people go in there to get the healing of the body and get better that way. But wow, this woman, her mind was mm-hmm. healed. She was carrying a lot of things just listening to this story. So I, I think that is awesome. And the process, the procedure was, right. was spot on. You, yeah. you can't get ruffled. You can't go, oh, I, you know, I want to help her, but I can't. Well, sure you can. Treat her with this tender, you know, this tenderness and, and, and kindness. And, and just let and step aside and let the spirit work. I mean, I could only imagine from that point, and all of a sudden somebody says, will you pray for me? I I don't know if I'd be able to pray. I'd be so you know so touched. You know, at that point, I'm like, yeah, whoa, yeah. man! You, who you went from? Don't talk about God to praying to Him. Mm-hmm. For, you know, so I I wanted to highlight that. I think that was a very very powerful moment. That, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So here we go back to it. She found freedom through forgiveness. It's a mental prefrontal prefrontal cortex decision. Don't wait till you feel like it. How could you feel like it? The pain is too deep and too great. Just do it. Because the third law of the mind states that your words affect your feelings. Just do it. And you will feel like it. Maybe not that day, maybe not the next day, but eventually you will feel like it. Now that girl does not have to see her parents anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to go to them. If she goes to them and says, I forgive you, she will get a mouthful. You don't have to do that. It's just a mental thing that you make. Mm-hmm. And she was greatly relieved when I said that. Wow. What's the old saying? You can choose your, your friends, but not your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Don't, don't, don't feel obliged. They have cut the chains of decency. Isn't that surely the worst betrayal? And we just hope that that man sees the error of his ways, surrenders and confesses, and he will find forgiveness Mm -hmm. at the feet of Jesus. She left a different woman. Amen. And that that to me is the most exciting work. Mm -hmm. Just forgive. And your feelings will follow. Forgiveness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. We have no right not to be happy. If you can't think of anything to be happy about, it's time to go to India and work in an orphanage for six months. (laughs) Or go to Africa. (laughs) Very true. Then then you will very much appreciate what you have. Mm -hmm. One lady said, I can't think of anything to be thankful for. I said, I notice you've got legs that work. I notice you've got eyes that see. 
Hey, Josh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Be thankful for what you have. It's a gift from God. It's a treasure. Amen. Love is a choice. I've given you lots of stories about my husband. I'm about to give you another one. He was 39. He'd been a single, single man for a few years and he knew he needed a wife. And so he decided to choose a wife scientifically. <laughs> he said, if it works out on paper, it works in business, so why not wife? <laughs> so he made a list of all the, uh, all the women that he knew that are at all eligible. <laughs> and he also made a list of the pros and the cons of these women. He said later it was interesting because some women he thought were pretty good didn't work out on paper. <laughs> and his mate, Gary Martin, said, get one of the young therapists, mate. You're only 39, you know, they're 30. <laughs> he said, sorry, Gary, don't work out on paper. <laughs> now, Michael and I had known each other for 10 years. Unbeknownst to me, I was on the list. Because <laughs> he didn't tell anyone except Gary Martin and his two children. <laughs> anyway, he said... As the time went on, my name kept going to the top of the list. But I had two negatives. One negative was I was older than him. So I think I'm three and a half years older than him. And he thought, what does it matter when you're nearly 40? The other negative was I had six children. Who's going to take on six children? Whew. But he said as he got to know them, they were really good workers. He said he couldn't have handled brats. <laughs> he said they were really good workers, so he put that to the positive side, team of workers. <laughs> so he got up one morning, he said to his daughter, who was all of 11, well, it's all in, today's the day I will ask Mrs Russ to marry me. <laughs> she said, Dad, you have to ask her out first. He said, no, there's going to be nothing emotional about this decision. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and his daughter talked him into it, so he said, oh, righto. So I get a call, ah, Barbara, would you like to go out for tea tonight? And I said, yes, because I very much liked Mr O'Neill. And I was shocked that he was asking me out for tea. But, but we don't have tea. Well, we'll find a little bit of room. <laughs> I went out, you call it supper, went out with him to a restaurant and we had a light meal and talked about work. He was the business manager of Living Valley Springs and I was the part-time... Um, supervisor in the health centre. I still had a few kids at home on school. And we talked about work, um, the kids, uh, the weather, <laughs> the meal. And then he dropped me home and shook my hand. And then three days later he said to his daughter, the courtship's gone on long enough. <laughs> he said, today's the day. I will ask Mrs Russ to marry me. Anyway, I got a knock on the door in the afternoon and it's Michael. He said, oh, I've got a few things to talk to you about. I said, yes. He said, can I come in? I said, yes. He sat down. He said, would you like to sit? I said, no, I think I'll stand. <laughs> I didn't know what was coming. I don't know why he'd asked me out. I, I just didn't know anything. And the house I was about to move in, someone else moved in there and I thought, I don't know what's going on here. So I said, yes. He said, well, I've been thinking about things and I think you and I should get married. <laughs> I said, this is very analytical. He said, I'm a very analytical person. <laughs> and I said, well, I think when two people marry, they should love each other. And when I said that, he went, uh, I'm very attracted to you and I love your character. 
And when he said that to me, I thought, really? I'm very attracted to this man and I love his character. I love the fact that he's a mover and shaker and I love, you know, and I loved his sense of humour, which is quite crazy. And I just couldn't believe he's there asking me to marry him. I said, yes, I will. <laughs> and it sounds like a flippant answer to a life-changing question, but when you realise we'd known each other for 10 years and I very much admired this man, and when he said, I'm very attracted to you and I love your character, I thought, wow, so do I. <laughs> How can I improve? So I said, yes, I will. He said, great, meet me tonight at my house with all the kids. <laughs> So the whirlwind went out the door. <laughs> and my daughters came running in and said, well, unbeknownst to me, everyone on the property knew. <laughs> I said, yes, and they started cheering because Michael was their boss and he was very fair and, and I, had, I had a couple of people come up to me and say, you know, you're marrying a very hard man. And I looked at these people and I thought, I know why, they've done wrong and Michael's the one that had to speak to them. Because <laughs> Gary's the soft guy and if anyone had to be told they're out, it had to be Michael. Because Michael's just, Michael said he didn't like doing it but it just had to be done. And he'd say, look, it's not really working, I think it's time to go. See the smile? Would you like me to help you pack? <laughs> that's, that's how he does it. <laughs> you need my car? <laughs> this shirt in this bag? That, and, and what I very much appreciate about Michael is he is a tender husband to me, absolutely, but his emotions don't rule. Mm. And I think they asked him to be MC at this huge march yesterday because they said, you're the only one that won't get angry. You're the only one that won't lose it. And I've been married to Michael now for 23 years and he has never raised his voice to me. Mm. I've never seen him angry. That is very, very nice. Amen. Remember what anger does? reveals that <laughs> for, for the enemy to attack. I believe it, absolutely so. Wonderful story to tell the children as they're growing. And so that night we met together and the children were in a half circle. So I'll tell you his and mine. Uh, mine 10, he's 11, mine 12, he's 13, mine 14, mine 16, mine 19, mine 21. They were the ages of our children. <laughs> wow. So they sat in a half circle and Michael came in, Mr. Analytical. <laughs> he came in, smiled at me, put his arm around me and I thought, oh, then I thought, oh, that's right, it's all right, I'm marrying him. He could put his <laughs> arm around my shoulder. <laughs> he said, well, children, we have got an announcement to make. And his daughter said, Dad, we already know. <laughs> he said, oh, right, okay, what does everyone think? And every child agreed. And we thought that was a miracle because I'd been single for four years and sometimes men would approach me and my little boys were around me like little knights in shining armour. This is our mother. <laughs> So I thought he showed great respect to my children that no, he never even touched me, put his arm around me until the decision was made. So he said, okay, let's get married. But you actually can't get married the next day. He was ready to get married the next day. <laughs> You've got to give two and a half weeks notice. <laughs> and so we married two and a half weeks later. We actually married the same day as my daughter was getting married. And my daughter had been planning this for months. 
And we said, oh, we'll get married the next day because everyone will be there. And she said, no, I get married on the same day. And we said, no, it's your day. We'll just be a little dot on the end. <laughs> and because she wasn't working much at Living Valley Springs, she's a massage therapist, and I was doing extra work, I just didn't have time to tell everyone. <laughs> and so we'd, we're at the reception after their wedding at 11 o'clock, reception at midday. And then I was getting married at two. And... And one of the guys said, okay, we're ready for the next wedding, down to the chapel. And a few people said, who's getting married? And I said, ah, uh, me. <laughs> I said, you? Who too? I said, ah, uh, Michael O'Neill. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it was quite funny how it happened. And then we had a honeymoon in Tasmania. And it was just lovely. So, so when we married, I was 44 and he was 40. And... We got to know each other, of course, in another way, in a more emotional way, which was very, very nice. And then we came back and raised our Brady Bunch, our, our eight children. Our two elder children were, one was married and my other son was away. My, our three elder children were actually away and working. So after a year, Michael said, I want to start my own health retreat. And there was a health retreat down in Melbourne, that's the bottom of Australia, who'd approached Michael and said, we'd like you to start a health retreat in our facility because they'd watched how Living Valley Springs worked. And so we packed up. Michael said, we're going down to Melbourne. So we packed up and we went down to Melbourne. And we had a little bit of time, of course, to prepare and get everything ready. So by now, the youngest is 11. That's my son, William. And then his son... My next, his son was 12 and my son 13, something like that. They were the gardeners. And then his daughter was 12, very good on the computer. She was his secretary. My daughter Julia was 15. She was our cook. She'd been cooking since she was about 10. Very good cook. And then my daughter Jessica was 17. She was already a massage therapist. She was our massage therapist. And so we had a team just with the family. And I said to him, who will be the health director? He said, you. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm just a mother that helps other mothers. You know, I had been given meetings, little meetings, so, you know, to help other mothers. Oh, no, no, I said, because I'm actually quite shy. He said, no, you'll be good. And he walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. Uh, pro probably a good stopping point. Uh, I, I <laughs> like that tactic. Uh, she tried to back out. He says, no, you'll be good. And uh, that, that was the end of it, you know. Right. He, yes. he qualified her, you know, just as, you know, we sometimes don't qualify to do anything, but God can qualify us. I like that little yeah. angle there. And she didn't see where she would be able to do anything. And look, and you know, the thing is, is look at her now and all of the things she's doing and doing. And that's where it started with, with that. I love that story. I love that personal, you know, that touch. And to know, you know, it's interesting because this man was very analytical, but obviously had a good personality, and that's hard to find to somebody that's very analytical in that way. Right. Almost like non-emotional. But she said he had a good personality, a good sense of humor, and, and all of that. Sounds like he did. Yeah. Uh, but mover and shaker, don't forget that one, uh, that he was getting things done and he's kind of driven that way. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously... The one thing that struck out to me, a mover and a shaker, and it sounds like this guy, I mean, all the kids, they've got them all working. They've got a lot going on. This is not just your everyday, you know, honey, I'm going to the office. I'll be home at the same time saying, you know, and right. she's doing yeah. her thing. 
And to know that that man has never raised his voice to her, he might have raised his voice. Maybe maybe went out in the woods and, or the bush or wherever they were and hollered and screamed and whatever, but never at her. And yeah. she said he was never offended. That's That's a couple of big-time qualities to know that you can be busy with life, busy, you know, serving. And sometimes, you know, I know that myself, I feel like I'm being pulled in all of these different directions. And it can weigh heavy. And sometimes, you know, if your diet's not right, maybe that was a secret. Maybe he was eating right. Maybe he was resting right because we've heard a, a lot of these things. Yeah. And he right. was he was sort of even keel. But uh, a, a great story and you know if you if you're you you know we're looking at the you know the four categories of the prefrontal cortex intellect reason judgment well let's just take those three that's what he used i think to to pick his wife <laughs> you know yeah exactly yeah yeah pretty interesting you know and god bless her i mean i don't think we've done her that's part of her personal story but i mean the before michael o'neill no, uh, I don't think that so. That would be, it, you know, maybe we could uh, squeeze that one in here soon. Uh, I mm. think uh, might be, be interesting because you know I think sometimes it helps as you know Saul became Paul. Well, why was he Saul? And, and well, you, you, we know a little bit about him and the you know the yes, transition. Not and, a very good man there at y- first. Yeah, and the life that he was, you know, and look what God can do. I think that's. That's the reason you can you can look at that. So, yeah. but but excellent story. I, I love stories. Period, and I think that just gives you a, a little insight of you know Barbara O'Neill, her family, uh, and the work that they're doing. It's I think it's pretty awesome. And, and she will get back to this woman a, a bit. But what a powerful story! This woman left uh, you know a new person. She said so. Yeah. Good stuff, uh, looking at all of the different things about the mind and uh, that we sort of take for granted or, you know, just uh, skim bias. And we, we, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just uh, this is life and say la vie, you know, such is life. Right. But we have i think you know, we we've got a lot of different things going on here as far as we got the four different parts of the prefrontal cortex we've got the uh the laws of the mind which is cause and effect choice forgiveness love words affect feelings and she's getting through that so we'll we right. will definitely yeah. uh, finish that up uh coming up so anyway yeah. good stuff all right let's uh let's go to the lord in prayer before we close out ben Father, thank you so much. Uh, we want to just lift up Barbara O'Neill and that family right now, just thinking about what they are doing and what they ha- have done and been doing for years. We thank you for just the the way that you work in our lives. If we are honoring you, if our motives are pure, doesn't mean life is going to be easy, but you will absolutely take care of us and you will respect and honor our motives and our pleas. So we we just ask for special blessings upon that family, the O'Neill family entirely, the children. And Father, there may be some listening that 
heard this story, heard this information, and their minds are reeling. But we pray that you will settle those minds down. May they see things for what they are, but more importantly, may they see you, may we see you for who you are, that we can clearly understand and see the difference between a loving God and a dark world that we happen to be living in. And there's plenty of darkness to go around. We ask and pray for all of those that are standing for truth. May you secure them, protect them, and keep them pushing forward on that path to the finish line, that path to glory. And Father, before we close out as usual, we ask and pray that every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray it and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.